Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to the local podcast. Today is episode 33. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Jordan Hauser Digital. That is my video company here in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. If you and your company are in need of some video marketing content, you can check out greensburgvideo.com. There's a bunch of content up there for you guys to check out. And if you want to make a video with me, Go ahead and hit that contact bar and shoot me a message. We'll plan something out and get you rolling. So check out greensburgvideo.com for all of your video and photography marketing needs. Or if you'd like to sponsor an episode of this very podcast, you can do so by reaching out to me at the local724.com and just head over to the contact page and fill out that form. So if you think your business is a good fit for the listeners of this show, go ahead and reach out at the local724.com. Today in studio, we have a fellow filmmaker and YouTuber, Fernando de la Cruz. With a name like that, how couldn't you be destined for greatness? Am I right? This episode is very inspirational for anyone out there thinking about starting their own business and taking that leap. I hope that you guys enjoy this show. I hope it gives you the motivation to get out there and do anything that you want to do. All right, let's get the show on the road. Help me welcome Fernando de la Cruz. Welcome to the local 724 podcast in three, two, one. Fernando in the house. What's up, man? How are you? It's all good, man. Very good. Thanks for reaching out to me yeah. and wanting to be on the show, man. It's like it's very fun to connect with other people, like-minded people uh, in the the filmmaking game and guys that play with cameras, mm-hmm. things like that. Yes, sir. It's uh, and I recently saw that uh, you're a big YouTube guy. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. You came yeah. in vlogging the episode there. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got into filmmaking. Okay. So, uh, funny story. So, actually, I began as a, in a psychology major. I started college be- becoming wanting to become a relationship counselor, a marriage counselor to be exact. Then I saw the process because I did, like, a job shadow. And I saw the process. And I was like, no, this is too long. <laughs> so, I decided. I was like, well, I was always good at drawing. So, I went to graphic design. And, and I'm a computer nerd, so I thought... Just come okay, up to the mic with that a little bit. I got you. So um, I got into graphic design, and then after college, I was like... It was cool doing it, but when I went to apply for jobs, it was like... Uh, like, a room like this is amazing, but when, with the actual jobs I went to, it felt like I was in a factory. Yeah. And I felt like it was so dull when I, when I was when you're in the art school. Everything's, like, colorful, creative, and, like... You can be imaginative. And I showed them my portfolio, and I was like, yeah, I designed this in 3D. I designed this logo design. They're like, so uh, let me uh, let me let you know here that, uh, <laughs> that uh, I know that you have a great imagination, but just to let you know, we're not that creative. And uh, it's going to be pretty dull here. They didn't say it like that, but yeah. that's, that's what I got in my head. And so like, I was like, okay, so can I imagine myself being in a cubicle for the next five years of my life and be happy? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're always brought up in high school uh, to follow a teacher, do what they say, go to college, do what you want, do what you got to do, and you have to follow these rules, get a job, get married, have kids. It's all cool and all, but it's like at the end of the day, you're doing something that you were brought up to, to that you were brought up that you were brought up to do. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you weren't following yourself; you were following what you were told. Right? Yeah. You know, and so I thought to myself. Nah, so practically after college, I had to start all over again. And I was like, man, I was like, screw it. I don't want to do this because I, I had to have a dime in my name. And I was like, I'm going to straight out of college. And I was like, 
I also go back to my day job that I did when I was in college. I went to freaking Dunkin' Donuts. And let me tell you, that's, it's, it's miserable going back to Dunkin' Donuts. But, you know, I do what I had to do. And so I thought to myself, well, is it possible to, like, to own your own brand? Or, like, I always thought, like, someone had to start Dunkin' Donuts, right? And so, yeah. like, how do you do it? And, like, how do you own your own thing? Because I, when I was at Dunkin' Donuts, I was like, I hated being told what to do. Especially my professors at school, like I hated being told to do, but I was like, I had to. You and I are very similar. (laughs) (laughs) My wife's gonna listen to this and be like, God damn it! How does he keep finding these people that are fucking just like him? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, um, I got into that, and I was like, okay, screw it. So, um, I was like, okay, let's see. uh, There's entrepreneur. I didn't know what that word was, and I was like, yeah. I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that sounds like me. That's so it. I was like, I didn't have a car at the time, so I decided to do this right here, I, except I didn't have a car. Uh, I was able to get Ubers, though, and I, I grabbed my little Nikon at D3300, and I just, like, went at it, and I asked questions like, what is it like to be an entrepreneur? Are you happy with what you do? And I, every time I interviewed each one, they were happy with what they were doing. Even if they weren't making a lot, they were happy because it was what they felt they were meant to do. Yep. And so after that, I was like, I was looking back and I was like, what was it that really made me happy? And I remember, um, I remember like back in high school, I had my little camera back when we had used Sony Vegas, whoever uses that anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> and I remember editing videos or making, cause I used to be a musician at the time. And so mm-hmm. I made a cringy, I, I deleted that thing. No one else exists. So I created a music video for myself and I was like, that was so cool. And I grew up in music all the time, and I loved filming, especially, like, uh, back at IEP, where I went to college at. I was on IEP TV, mm-hmm. and I was, like, uh, one of the star roles, and I, they taught me how to be, use a camera for free. I didn't have to go to college, or they taught me how to use a camera and everything and how to edit all that for free. I was yeah. like, okay, I'll go take that. And so, like, I looked up online, is this, like, a thing? And I stumbled across, like, film school. So... I was like, okay, I love music, and I love film. Randall, what the heck are you doing? So I decided to take the course, and the course uh, taught you how to make a music video. And I shot my first music video. And let me tell you, I was nervous. Oh, yeah. But I was pretending to make it. I was pretending to know what I was doing. And so, like, I shot the video, and when I got done with it, I was like, whoa. I made that. And I, I showed it to them, and they were, like, blown away. And they're were, they were all called Three of Infinity, so shout out to Three of Infinity. Um, and I shot that, and I was like, what if I, because I've been following this uh, production called Twist of Fate Productions. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought, I, thought uh, <clears throat> I was looking for an internship to like learn more about film. And so I was like, you know what? I love what you guys do. You guys are always shouting out these bands, and I love these bands. And I was like, screw it. So I sent them a message. And they're like, actually, we don't have internships, but we do know someone that would be interested in what you do. Because I, I shot that music video that was the only thing that I had in film. Yeah. So a couple of days later, I got a message on my phone. And I was like, who the heck is Jonna? So I looked her up, and it, it says she owns First Angel Media. And I was like, oh, what? And she was like, so, Fernando, my friend from Twisted Fate was telling me about you. I was like, no way, me? And she's like, we're actually doing a documentary. We would love for you to film for us. I'm like, you want me? Yeah. Right on, dude. And I was like, you want me? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I, I, I shot their uh, documentary, and it went viral in Pittsburgh area. And I was like, what? And so after that, 
uh, Amanda Baker. I love you, Amanda. Um, she pitched me to a band called Tropodelic. Um, it's like a mix of reggae, hip hop, rock, jazz. And uh, I went, and that was actually my first vlog on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I went on that, when I shot that video, I was, that was my first experience of being on stage in front of all those people. And it was to the point where I was like, I was so scared in the crowd. The lead singer, you see him in the video, you lead, the lead singer doing this. He had to literally <laughs> finger me up on stage. And I was like, all right, that means go on stage. And when I went on stage, all you saw was, people yeah all those people and I, I felt like i closed my eyes and i felt like i went back in time being like a, I, I used to do uh be a performer on stage mm-hmm. and at that moment i was there from i was on stage running around from like it was like 4 p.m until like nine o'clock at night and let me tell you i was exhausted oh it yeah even, it was even raining near the end too still did <laughs> and after that that moment, that was when I realized film is what I want to do. And so mm-hmm. after that, I started to realize that I kind of felt bad that I didn't realize this earlier. But then I didn't because I looked back and I was like, if I didn't take these steps, I wouldn't have gotten to First Internet Media to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Now, am I successful fully? No. But I'm happy that I realized what I want to do in the future. So after that, I decided screw it, let's go more in the music videos. And so now, like, I'm starting to build a name in the Pittsburgh area, but the situation is now COVID-19 happened. Mm-hmm. And so now it's harder to do music videos or anything at all. Yeah, it's real tough. So now I'm like, short films it is. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you, you, if you can't find an opportunity, why not create your own? Because you can either sit down and wait for someone to hire you, or you can just be like, screw it. Get your 10,000 hours in and do it yourself. Make yep. your own opportunity and build that portfolio because no one's going to recognize you if you just sit on, and sit into nothing. Absolutely. And so I kept going at it. Now, like, I created, I'm making a film. I, I got connected with Tom Flynn. Tom Flynn, shout out to you. That dude, is, he shot for uh, uh, Fire from the Gods. He shot for Lamb of God. He shot for Ice-T. Nice. Uh, he, like, he's been shooting for all these different bands. And, like, he was actually talking to me. I was like... I was like so nervous because, like, <laughs> and so like I got to talk to him. I got to talk to Alan Jackowitz and uh, Dominique Murray has been helping me out. Phenomenal photographer and like I'm starting to build a community, and I feel where I was in the beginning to now. It's mm-hmm. only this is my second year in, and it feels like it's been a lifetime. But like it feels so good, and now I'm starting to believe in what I do because. I'm always told, Fernando, you got such a great talent. Fernando, you can do this, Fernando, you got that. I'm like, because in the beginning, you don't really see until after a while. Right, yeah. And then now I'm just starting to have faith in what I do. I'm closer to God now. And I realized for the longest time, I didn't believe that faith exists until like, until recently. And now I feel like this is really meant for me. Because if it wasn't meant for me, then why am I still able to do it? Because I remember like, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, I was doing a short film, and that day I had a flat tire. Cause and the <laughs> next day I had to shoot a music video in Pittsburgh, and I told him, I told the band, and they're like, Fernando, we need this music video. How about I drive from Pittsburgh to Dare to Latro, pick you up, take mm-hmm. you up, and then I'll pay you. And uh, like I made the money, and then on that day I was able to get my tires 
and also get uh, my car fixed so I can get it past the past examination. And I was like, all these people supporting me is like, it's it's such a great feeling to do all this. And now, like, I developed because of coronavirus, it's a blessing in disguise because now I realize um, I want to get more into short films and documentaries. And I, what I want the end goal to be is to be able to shoot a short film, a short, not a short film, a feature biofilm about an artist. So, example, like, you know, Rhapsody or um, Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do and in my, that's my end goal. That's why I'm getting closer into documentaries and short films in uh, the music industry because they all collab together and that's what I want to do in the, at the end goal. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's a that's a, a pretty solid progression. Yeah. I mean, I feel like most people that try to get into like video and film game and stuff like that, I think most people probably start with music videos, things yeah. like that. I mean, it's like one of those things that that's how I got in. Yeah. Um, I was, I went to Edinburgh uh, to be a photographer, like, yeah. you know, learn hone my craft there. And uh, a friend of mine took a film class. He's mm-hmm. a photographer. He took a film class and he asked if I wanted to help out shoot this music video for our friends. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, no worries. Like yeah, I yeah. just realized like, Oh my God, I really like doing this yeah. and I never stopped doing it. And I switched my major from photography to video and yeah. that was it. That's cool. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's a pretty, it's an awesome thing to like step back and look at things that you make like, and that never goes away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you've made some like multiple things and stuff since your first video, you step back and we're like, Oh my God, I made that. But like, yeah. it doesn't stop. Like I'm like 14 years into this game oh, and wow. literally okay. I'm like, I still get done with stuff, and I'm like, yo, I just made this. This is awesome. <laughs> like, I get real fucking pumped about it. It's cool as shit. And yeah. it's, like, it's so much fun because, like, you just keep learning and learning and learning. Right. Like, right. you know, you just have to, you really focus. You surround yourself with good people, right. and shit starts to happen, man. Right. Like, um, like I remember just one quote. Uh, I, was, I was listening to Steve Harvey lately. He was talking about a quote from Einstein. And uh, what people don't realize that, when you're around people that don't think like you, they're going to down you. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you see, not everyone, everyone has their own imagination and everyone thinks a different way. And if you want a way to kill your dream, tell it to someone that doesn't think like you because that will kill you. Oh, yeah. But if you surround yourself with people that are like-minded like you and think the same imagination as you, people don't realize how, how powerful imagination Because as Einstein says, imagination is a preview to up, upcoming attractions, I believe is the quote. And I heard that quote, and I was like, that is so real. Because just, for example, like like this water, like, mm-hmm. it's just freaking water. Like, everyone drinks water. But right. like, for some reason, like, someone thought of this, and now everyone's getting it now. Yeah. And so, like, or even this switch, like, the switch pod, and no one, like, it's, everyone got tired of using the gorilla pods. I think you got, to, like, yeah. wrap it around and then plop it down. But this, you can just, and then flip it, and then boom. Mm-hmm. Simple. Like, yeah. It's so, it's such an amazing thing how people can take something from their heads and then apply it and then for the whole world to see and in the beginning no one's gonna everyone's gonna think you're crazy mm-hmm. like steve jaws for example and now look he's dead he's still making money oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i mean it's all about like innovation and like you know like you coming from the beginning saying like well somebody obviously owns dunkin donuts yeah yeah it's like when you're young and you're thinking like what can i do like i don't want some guy to just be over my shoulder all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. 
yo, like if you have time to lean, you have time to clean, grab a broom and like sweep up the, the stock room or some shit like that. And it's like, look, man, can I also just like fucking chill for a second? Like take a breath. <laughs> like, can I just like, yeah, you know, and it's, it's really hard to, you know, you're in that mindset and you know, you don't like being told what to do all the time. It takes guts to, to leave that. Right. It really does. And right. I mean, how old are you? 26. 26. I'm 37. You look good. 11 years older. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 11 years older than you. And it yeah. took me until I was 34 to like make that jump and say, all right, I'm done with corporate. I'm done with all this shit. I'm doing my own thing. It's awesome that you're 26 years old and you're doing that. Like by the time you're 37, dude. You're gonna be you're gonna be one of the biggest names you know around. It's gonna be awesome. I appreciate that. You yeah. keep working hard and everything like that. I mean, yeah. it's just like people respond to people that are very serious about themselves. How'd you get into YouTube? YouTube. Okay, so <laughs> um, actually, uh, that was through the podcast that I was telling you about earlier. Uh, I got into YouTube through doing that. I was like, okay, I need to put this podcast. I didn't know. Like, for example, like Anchor FM exists. So now you can, mm-hmm. you can upload like podcasts up for free instead of like paying for it now. So I didn't know that exists. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put it on YouTube. And then I saw other people on YouTube, like uh, Peter McKinnon. Yeah. That dude was able to make, uh, that dude was able to make a million subscribers in like, like a year. Yeah. He did it in a year. That is crazy. Him and then uh, um, Marcus Brownlee. And then um, YC Imaging, all these people. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching. I was like, I see them building something. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. You know? And that's what made me like get more serious into, uh, once I got serious in film, then I was like, okay, I can either only have my name in public or I can have my name online. And so I mm-hmm. started to be more serious in YouTube and I started to expand that way. Now, YouTube, I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning because that, that algorithm is ridiculous it's tough man yeah. it's tough to do yeah like the only one that's been that's going viral right now is that one about that you were talking about about the light one I think light. the light one that's the one that's going out like that one's like pumping mm-hmm. like crazy so i'm like trying to i'm still trying to figure out like what was it that made that popular like was it the keywords or anything that i did and i was like i don't know but you know the video i mean like i watched it this morning and i yeah. thought it was it was fantastic it was just like it was real high energy yeah it was cool how you explain things it was a product it was a product video, basically, yeah. but you made it very fun. It didn't yeah. seem like your typical unboxing and like, you know, this is, you know, the Vanna White thing. Like, <laughs> oh, here, here's this product. It didn't seem like that. It just seemed yeah. like very cool, very like down to earth. This is a guy that uses this in his yeah. work. And yeah. if he likes it, I'm going to take his word for it. Right. You know what I mean? It's It was it was a very cool video. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That's probably because I watch a lot of unbox therapy. Yeah, so that's that dude's hilarious. <laughs> so, I used to get messages on my channel all the time, and people were like, "Are you the guy from Unbox Therapy?" And I'm like, "No, you know, I see the resemblance. Yeah, you, you two do look." It's alike. hilarious. People were asking if I was that guy, and I'm like, "If I was that guy, I would have a shitload more subscribers <laughs> on this channel." And they were just like, "Oh, I guess, yeah, okay." And it was like, it was absurd. But I've been told I look like the guy a million times. Yeah, but, uh, he's just faking, just like, yeah, that's yeah, me. That's me. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, um, YouTube kind of like became a creative outlet for me uh, when I was in corporate. When you're making your stuff, 
you know, you got to start thinking about like who your demographic is, who are the people you're talking to and stuff like that. You know, with that light, I felt like you were talking to everybody, like the person that's just getting into filmmaking or the guy that is, you know, annoyed that his Ari kit makes the room 2000 degrees while he's shooting. And he's just like, Oh yeah, this guy. Okay. Yeah. He just, that's a cool light. All right. And he goes and buys one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that was a cool video. I liked it. I appreciate it. it I'm trying to get more into like, that's why I'm trying to get more into vlogs too. Cause like vlogs, believe it or not, like vlogs can are a good exercise because they teach you like, like he doesn't, you doesn't like there's this word storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling. And there's this one dude, I forget his name. He's known. That's how he makes his uh, subscribers for, um, for through vlogging. Mm-hmm. He was able to make a vlog every freaking day, and I have no idea how he did that. Every it's day, it's crazy. Yeah, every freaking day. Was it Casey Neistat? I think yeah, was it that Casey. Dude? Yeah, Casey yeah. Neistat. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He yeah, he was the reason that basically I wanted. I saw how happy that guy was making videos online, yeah. and I was like. That's what I want to feel like. I want to have that happiness and like not feel like I'm just working at a factory where it's like, okay, this guy handed me the script. Mm -hmm. I shoot exactly what I'm, you know, prescribed to do. Mm -hmm. Then I take my widget and I hand it on to the next guy and that person edits it and then they send it on to this guy and that guy does his part. That's not creative. That's that's a fucking assembly line. Right. And it sucks. So that's what I was just kind of like, you know, let's... Do something different. Even, you know, if you're going online and doing, um, I did this like one video about uh, an electric, the electric skateboard. Oh, snap. Nice. (laughs) It's hanging right there. And that was my first product video uh, that I did. And it went nuts. I don't even know how many views it has right now, but probably like 50, 60,000. And it was just like, I saw that and was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) So I became the electric skateboard guy for on YouTube for a little while. Like I was just like for this specific company. Yeah. My friend, like Tom Flynn, like he uses a, he uses a a hoverboard to do his film. Uh huh. Like he, like he, like people look at him in front like, why are you on? Oh dude, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You just take the camera and like, it's a way to stabilize your camera. Absolutely. Like a a dolly. Yeah. It's freaking ridiculous how he does that. Like I was wondering how he did that. And like, I see, his uh, his photographer shooting, and I'm like, oh, so you're on a freaking hoverboard. That's why it's <laughs> yeah. so freaking smooth. So, dude, that's awesome, man. Because yeah, I want to get one so bad because of that now. Yeah, I want to get that so bad, dude. That's cool as hell. I mean, like, dude, back when I was in college, we would we would do pretty much the same thing. No yeah. hoverboard. Yeah, we would go to the thrift store and buy wheelchairs, like for five or ten bucks, and you would sit. In the wheelchair with your camera, as stable as you could, <laughs> and you would have your buddy push you down the hall because you had these giant wheels and everything was so steady. And it was just like, I never even thought of that. Ten bucks, you know what I mean, dude? I'm telling you, we're only eleven years apart, and I've got some shit to tell you. <laughs> it's like, honestly, like this one dude, like he took a shopping cart, yeah, and he put like a pole in the middle of his spray painted whole thing. He put a, it was like, and then made it to like a like a tripod. He mm-hmm. put his camera on, and he's like. This is what I use to shoot, like, for my music videos. Hobson, he's the guy that did that. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Dude, it's awesome, man. The things that people come up with. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. It's just, it's all about innovation. And like we were talking about like earlier in things, like innovation is just awesome. Like to be able to take something that already exists, like a tripod or a gorilla pod, and then get the idea and come up with something new and exciting. You know, it's like, you know, what the, what's his face? In Mad Men, they say it all the time. Like why try and create, uh, reinvent the wheel? Right. It already exists. Just right. make it better. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's cool things like that. I think that really are like taking younger kids like you, like a generation and, and making them feel more confident to take these big leaps because everyone's getting creative with like innovating and different things. And they're seeing like, you know, anybody can take something and make it better these days. Right. It's, it's accessible to pretty much anybody. Right. It's pretty awesome. People are just afraid to take a to lead. That's what it is. People are just afraid to like take that chance because they feel more secure, and they feel like, okay, what if I fail? Because I like last year, like I was struggling. Like I, I took I quit Duncan and I I struggled. Yeah. And then like after a while, I was able to actually afford it. Mm-hmm. I was able to do it, and then all then all of a sudden the winter happened, and now at, at that at that point I realized that bands don't go on tour in the winter. So then that happened, and mm-hmm. then the Corona happened. And so, like, it's, like, it killed everything. So I had to freaking, I had to get a day job. Yeah. But because of that, I don't mind that because the day job is helping me invest in my business. Yeah. And I can have security behind me and not worry about, oh, so now I got to pay the next, uh, pay the next rent. Yep. And then, um, and then I can also do what I love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can, if you want to have a day job, that's fine. But if you also want to do what you love, why not go for it? And that's something I never really understood. Yeah, man. I mean, the side gig thing, that went on forever. Like, I did that forever. Like, I I lived in Lancaster for the longest time, and uh, the job that I had was awesome. I was, you know, an editor, and I would help shoot and stuff like that. It was a small company, and uh, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. I made a decent amount of money for, you know, just a small company. Yeah. But... I wasn't making enough to pay all my bills and rent and all that stuff. And I was like, man, do I get another job or like what? And I realized I had a camera and I could probably make money with it. So I literally just started hitting up Craigslist of all things. And I was just like, yo, portrait (laughs) sessions, portrait sessions, blah, blah, blah. And after a while, like I went and I just like called a couple friends and was like, hey, can I take some portraits of you or whatever, blah, you can have them. Just, I would just need to do it. And they were like, yeah. So I did it, built myself a little, you know, five picture portfolio or whatever to put on Craigslist. Right. And then I had people calling and they were like, hey, do you do families? And I'm like, sure do. Come on, <laughs> meet me at a park somewhere. And we'd do it. And uh, my, my first thing was, I'm, I'll shoot them for free. That's what I said. I was like, I'll do it for free. Yeah. If you want the photos, then you pay me 90 90 bucks or a hundred bucks and you can have all the photos that I shot. Right. Well, if you're going to waste your time meeting me in a park somewhere and getting dressed, of course you're going to want the photos. So, (laughs) but the free thing really got people. So there was a point in time where if I felt like I was going to be short on rent, I was on Craigslist like, yo, I'm doing portrait sessions this weekend, blah, blah, blah. And dude, I'd have like three or four people sign up and I would make like three or $400 in a day. And I was just like, Whoa, this is awesome. Okay, I'm good for, you know, this week or two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And it just like, you know, this side hustle just went and went and went forever. 
And, you know, when you, I took the leap and did all this stuff, like, dude, it's incredibly scary because yeah. my first year there was like in the winter months, like you were saying, uh, there was, I forget what it was, maybe February to March or something like that. Yeah. I made $0. And I was like, this is not good. Yeah. Like I was embarrassed to tell my wife, uh, like, yeah. uh, I didn't make any money. In fact, I spent money <laughs> this month, like on different equipment or something like that. And, uh, it just like, you know, I always would, then I learned that I had to stock money away. Yeah. And then it was just like, you know, it's all these things that you, that you learn throughout, like yeah. <clears throat> being an entrepreneur and things like, you know, winter might be slow. So take that, the money that you made in the summer and the spring and the fall and all that stuff and stock it away. And that awesome new camera might be like three grand. And you're like, oh man, I can do it. I can pay for that. No big deal. Right. You might want to think about it because <laughs> you might in March or February be like, Hey, I can really use that three grand right about now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just things like that. that you really just have to like always think about. And, uh, it's just like you learn as you go. Like I said, you're 26 years old. Like you're, you're learning all of this stuff now and you've already got a pretty good outlook on, you know, what you want and what you want to do. So I think it's, it's pretty awesome, man. When I was the younger generation, dude, I was drunk on a bar stool somewhere. I, like for that, like, um, I never was into that type of scene. Like even when yeah. I went to college, cause like my parent was like, my parent was like the religious type. And mm-hmm. so like she taught us like, you need to be in your books. Here's what she always said. Your books are your girlfriend. You can take them all around the world. You can touch them, but they don't bring you home babies. <laughs> you study them. Right. They can take you, they can take you anywhere you want to go. And then your high school diploma is your first wife. In your college, darn it, those are my grandbabies. I want some grandbabies. Yeah, like college opponents are grandbabies. She always taught us that. And like, um, like the way I grew up, like we grew up where we had to do everything ourselves. Cause we grew up in like, we weren't that bad, but it taught us to be more independent. And that's like what, what I believe. Like that's where I got my entrepreneurial mindset from. Mm-hmm. I grew up like, especially with my um, my mom having to take care of my little brother all the time. My my big brother was gone, and my mom had to take care of my little brother because he was he has uh, he had mental disability. Mm-hmm. So I was basically took care of myself. And at the when I at that point in that time period I was upset all the time and I was like it's always me 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 I'm always doing this all myself doing this by myself mm-hmm. but then doing that because of that it helped me pay for my college yeah. I don't know I pay financial aid helped me but then the rest I had to pay on my own so it taught me how to juggle because I had to juggle three jobs and then I was in I was a vice president of a club and I was a star uh, in another club a uh, star actor in another club mm-hmm. I was exhausted. But I was able to pull it through because of being independent as a kid. Yeah. And now, like, I didn't have nothing. Like, even when I graduated from college, like, that's why I was in deep depression. Like, I was in horrible depression because I lost everything. I didn't know I wanted to uh, be, I, graphic design didn't make me happy anymore. I lost my fiance. Uh, I lost all my money. I was in uh, college debt. Mm-hmm. Not that bad, but still. And then I, at that moment, I was like, it's either I can sit here and be sad or I can build something. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, that's what people, I don't understand what people like, they come too quick to uh, to give up. But if you give up, you're not going to move anywhere. But yeah. if you actually push yourself, if you actually, okay, if, why, if I'm in a situation, but maybe I should do something 
to get myself out of that. But sometimes it's hard to do that. It's real tough, you know. But it's, easy. it's especially now. It's yeah, exactly. Because you can't mm-hmm. even leave the house anymore. Now, right. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's nuts. Do you yeah. think that that independence that you had because your mom was taking care of your brother? Do you think that that kind of pushed you towards film, like watching films or watching TV? Yeah, that was getting role. into books and, and yeah. more creative things. Yeah, because uh, that's what I did a lot. Like back when my dad was in the picture, that was like our way to uh, the bond, mm-hmm. and like we would always communicate through talking about films, and he was talking about like uh, he wanted to write a film, and whatnot. And at that, I didn't understand at the time. But then now I'm looking back, I'm like, shoot, too bad he's out the picture now he left because Mm -hmm. now I'm doing something that he couldn't even freaking do. Mm -hmm. Screw you. So there you go. There's that. And then like, uh, yeah, like watching a film and like creating stories was my outlook, like be able to express myself. I didn't have that many uh, friends growing up. Yeah. And so like that was my way of like learning, like how to communicate or like learning how life works and whatnot my mom taught me everything but like at the end of the day it was still just me yeah but then i had like like for example like dragon ball z or like tv or films and whatnot and so now i'm like actually making films because i'm always bashing that horror films suck these days so <laughs> yeah. i'm like okay i'm gonna make my own horror films so. do it myself <laughs> that's awesome man yeah dude it's real yeah. cool just to see like that's what i mean like everything's so accessible to like everybody now it's just like you know, for the longest time, like, just say drones, uh, you know, aerial shots. Yeah. That, at, at one point, you know, years ago, that was only accessible to a select group of people. Right. Now, dude, everybody has a drone. I, everything's just so accessible to people. Even, like, doing this podcast and stuff. Like, when you started doing YouTube, like, you made that decision. Like, you know, do I want my name to be known here or known everywhere? And that's, right. you know, you get online and you start spreading. Dude, like, I have friends that, I, that I've met from YouTube yeah. that I talk to on a very, very consistent basis. Right. People that live in Canada and, nice. like, New Zealand and shit like that. And it's, it's like, crazy. dude. You can talk to people anywhere around yeah. the world now. Right. It's Back nuts. then it was like, when you meet someone, it's like, you never meet them again. But now when you meet someone, what's your Instagram? What's your Snapchat? What's right, your yeah. Facebook? You're never, you can talk to them anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Speaking of names, though, like recently, like uh, I've invested in a full time filmmaker, Parker Wallback, you're amazing, by the way. Um, I recently invested in a full time filmmaker, mm-hmm. and it helped me realize. Like, Is that like a class? Life. Yeah, it's like an online course for a bunch of uh, for filmmakers. And, okay. And so, like, he taught us that like your name is everything, and the way he explained, I was like, what the heck am I doing? Because I used to be called Embry Creations, mm-hmm. but the thing is, when I promoted that name, people didn't realize what I did. Yeah. They're always confused, like, what the heck is that? So I had to explain it to them every single time yep. that I met him. I, I took one of his courses, and I was like, dude, Fernando, what are you doing? I always talk to myself. And I'm like, Fernando, you're always personal with your, with your clients. And people love your name. They always sing your name. Gets yeah. I love it. <laughs> they always say the ABBA. Um, and so, like, why not change it from Amber Creations to Fernando De La Cruz Films? Now I go by Fernando De La Cruz Films, and ever since I changed that name, mm-hmm. like even today, I recently got a phone call from someone that like wants me to help out, help them uh, film a documentary feature type of series so that they could feature other artists. And I was like, "What? How did you find awesome. me?" They're like, "Well, we saw you did films, and I saw your recent vlog, and I was like, I would love for you to help us, uh, like you know, work for me and whatnot." And I'm like, "What?" And like ever since. I was like, Dude, it's I was, fantastic, that's man. the best thing I've ever done because 
Embryo Creations it was a cool name and all, but it didn't get me anywhere. Then I changed my name. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, like, when I was younger and stuff, I always wanted to come up with, like, the cool name yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. And you really just start to think, like, you know, take a look at, I always, I keep referring to Mad Men because, like, it's just one of my favorite shows in the yeah. world. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a marketing that. advertising guy. It's about marketing and advertising. It's one of the mo- dude, you just check it out. It's okay. on IMDb TV uh-huh. online. You can stream it for free. Seven seasons, I think. Oh, wow. And it's like, but the name of that building or their business was Sterling Cooper. Those were the two owners, Sterling Cooper. And it was just like, when you heard that, you knew who it was and they were a marketing and advertising agency. And, you know, it was very cool because, like, I would see, like, my buddy Brian. He named him, you know, Brian F. Henry Photography. I was like, cool, okay. And then it just, like, same thing. I ran into some people online that were just like, yo, use your name. Like, when I was starting to, like, my YouTube channel, I was trying yeah. to come up with this, like, cool name. Exactly. Like, What's yeah. my cool YouTube name going to be? And then yeah. I ran into, like, Casey Neistat, whose channel is called Casey Neistat. Neistat. Uh, Peter McKinnon. And I'm like wait a minute, maybe I should just use my name. <laughs> and then I decided to use my business name, which is also kind of getting a little old for me even. Yeah. Like it's Jordan Hauser Digital. Right. And I'm just like, I wanted to put digital in the front of it because back when you were a baby and I was your age, I had to distinguish the fact that I was doing digital work because okay. digital wasn't accessible to everybody. Right. So that was a thing. Like I, I had to like, you know, differentiate myself between analog and digital stuff. And uh, so now it doesn't really make much sense. I have a ton and ton of like business cards and branding and stuff like that with digital printed on it. My new website doesn't say digital anywhere. So it's just kind of like I'm phasing it out and stuff like that. And I have some other ideas coming up, but it's just like, you know, I think that, you know, with times changing and things like that, it is absolutely, man. You got to get your name out there and you have to be the squeakiest wheel because exactly. nobody's exactly what you said, man. Nobody's going to find you just sitting there being all quiet. Well, now, Austin, like, um, what was it like to video edit back in the day? Like with V, because I don't know if like VHS was like a thing back then. Like, what was yeah. it like to edit? <laughs> it was, it was like weird. <laughs> it was, oh, dude, clicks all over the place. Yeah. Uh, my first internship yeah. was at a, a news station. Okay. So we definitely did analog editing there. Um, so you put, you have two VCRs and another VCR, <laughs> like over here, you put a tape in here and if you're running, well, you can do it with two. Right. I mean, you put a tape in there and then you're recording to this one and you're basically stealing the footage from this tape over here. So you wow. shoot your stuff, you put it into here and then you cycle through with these wheels and you find it, you hit your endpoint. You hit your endpoint and record over here, and then you hit play. And it would play it, and it would lay it down on this track over here. Hit stop. Find your next section. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> hit your endpoint. Hit play. Hit record over here, and then it would lay down your next section. Oh, my God. So that's what you had to do. You couldn't just be like, I know how I want this to end, and go to the end and like make your ending, yeah, and then work order. backwards or anything. That's why they call it linear editing. <laughs> so you actually went in a line. From the beginning to the end. And it was pretty crazy, dude. It was nuts. A long time. Oh, dude. Like, there were guys that were so good at that at the news station. Like, I got good at it Mm -hmm. because I did it all the time. 
but there were guys at the news station that were like older dudes that were like camera guys and editors and stuff for years and years and years. Those guys could bang out a news story doing it that way in like a minute. <laughs> like they were like pulling tapes, shoving in other tapes, just like going to find their like time code or whatever, hitting that, doing this. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it was nuts, dude. But yeah, times have changed. And I'm, I'm like actually really glad that like it ended up, I got to see that mm-hmm. and this. It's very, it's very unique to be able. Oh my God. Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) And that's a whole nother thing. I mean, like there's people out there that like, they see me and they say like, Oh dude, like, you know, a little bit about this, you know, a little bit about that, 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 I mean, my old boss, uh, one of my best friends now, he, uh, used to just like say like, dude, you're like a Swiss army knife. You can do anything. You're a one man band. And so like, if he needs this, he needs that. He just, he calls me up and he's like, yo, you're my guy. Let's go. And that's how, you know, I've able, I've been able to, you know, nurture that relationship and get work from him. And, you know, I'm trying to repay the favor and give him some work and stuff like that coming up here shortly. But, uh, yeah, it's awesome, man. Right. It's really cool. Oh my gosh. That's totally cool. That's totally cool to talk with other filmmakers out there. Cause when you talk to (laughs) other people, they're like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What the hell is that? Division result. What is premiere? Yeah. What is Adobe? Like I remember I was going on a date. And like, like I was going on a date, and I brought my camera. I was like, I brought my camera over, and so I brought my camera. I slammed it down. And she's like, and I, I was so happy because I got my first Sigma. Yeah, and I plopped down. She was like, What do you think Ew. you're filming with that tonight, sir? No, well, <laughs> yeah, but she was like, um, Yo, why is that here? Why are you doing this? I was like, I love camera. Yeah, and I was telling her about. It. She's like, Oh my gosh, that is so weird. Why are you be normal? And I was like, Jeez, <laughs> even the waiter was like. Feeling the heat, I was like, I'm yeah. trying to share what I love with you, <laughs> and you're like dissing what I love. And I'm like, That's hysterical. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Not everybody. Uh, not everybody is a gear nerd, but it uh, it takes a special type of person, man. Mm-hmm. I I I flip out over gear. I love it. Yeah, like I just built my new PC. Yeah. Let me tell you, I I shot my fr- I I was finally able to film a 10 minute 4K video. And it, it was able to render it in like two minutes. Oof. Whereas on my That's laptop, fast, dude. on my laptop, it took like an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Mind blown, dude!" That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, you got any plugs that you want to drop here? Yeah. So uh, let's you do can, it. Yeah, man. So you can find me on on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Snapchat. You can find me. Just look up Fernando Cruz Films, and you'll find it. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for someone to shoot a music video. Shit, documentary, a promo, something that's cinematic and tells a narrative story. I'm the guy for you. Nice. And also, I would like to also say a shout out to everyone that's been supporting me. I thank you so much. And you know who you are. I don't need to say all your names because you know exactly who you are. <laughs> and also, I want to say, and most, and most of all, I'd like to thank my mom for always. I I was always ticked off. I was I was a jerk as a kid. And I, I think uh, everybody was. Yeah. Well, and like uh, I was a black sheet, and like. I finally realized now I'm growing up and looking back, I finally realized, like, why you're hard on me. And now because of my mom being hard on me, I'm able to be more independent. My big bird's the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I want to say thank you, even though I'm not the not the best son in the world, but I try my best. And, like, uh, I like to say thank you for real from the bottom of my heart for uh, always uh, supporting me. And even though you couldn't be there um, at some points of time, but you truly were there because if it wasn't for you, I want to be as independent and strong as I am right now. 
So uh, thank you, Mom. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Right on, dude. That's yeah. awesome, man. Nice. Thank you for being on the show. I had a really good time talking to you. I told my wife before this, I was like, dude, this is going to be like one of the funnest ones because we're going to sit and talk shop and <laughs> that's what we're going to do. This is going to appeal to the, you know, the creatives, the field, the film and video people and mm-hmm. everybody else yeah, man. tune in next week. So, all right, bro. Thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was fun. All right, there he goes. Fernando de la Cruz. Check him out on all the social media channels. You can see what he's doing over there on YouTube as well. So much fun. I thought this was a very inspiring episode for anybody, not just the young generation, but uh, for anybody that's really trying to get out there, take a leap into entrepreneurship. Um, Very inspirational. It's uh, really awesome to see the young generation really being focused and coming out of the gate strong. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will see you next week.